Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. We're doing another live edition of the Tom Green Podcast, and a little bit differently. This time, as you can see me on video, and of course you can hear me on audio on the Apple stream and all of that. And this time we are welcoming Francisco Castro. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Glad to be uh, talking with you. I know we communicated uh, for the last couple of days and finally, you know, get to get this all together. Oh, sure thing. And of course, if if you have not been aware, those that are listening, are, some of them are aware, some of them are not. I have just accepted a new position at the Huron Daily Tribune, which is a newspaper here in Huron County, Michigan. I will be a sports writer for that newspaper, and I'm real, really excited for that. Uh, so I'll be transitioning from the radio station, WLEW, and I will have at least one more podcast before I leave the radio station. But I would like to say for those at LEW and the fans there that are listening there, I would like to thank them for listening to me do the news throughout the past year and a half. But I'm really transitioning into a spot that more or less I wanted to go to. And, I, and I'm not trying to dog my parents at all by saying this, but when I got the job at WLEW, I felt it was more of a job that my parents wanted me to get. When the sports writing position opened up at the Tribune, I just stumbled upon it. And I ended up getting the position, and now I feel a lot better about myself, a lot better mentally, and just thinking, all right, this is a position that... I wanted to go into, and so effective September 1st, I will be going into that position. So thank you to all that have listened to me on WLEW, and effective September 1st, I will be writing sports for the Huron Daily Tribune. Awesome. Well, hey, congrats for, for that. Glad to hear that. Glad to see that you are able to do something that you wanted to do uh, yes. as opposed to something you felt like you had to do, uh, or however you were you're kind of wording it there. So sure. it's always good to try to see... Uh, to see other people get that get the next opportunity, the next step. So, congrats on that. Thanks a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Looking forward sure. to it. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking some uh, some baseball here with you. It's been a, a fun season so far. Our season's already almost over, which is crazy to think about. Since yes, I feel like it it was just spring training not too long ago. So, uh, it's, time flies when you're having fun. Yes, especially in a 162-game season, it feels like a ton of games, but you get into the middle of August like we are now, and it's like, oh my God, there are only 40 games left, and the pennant races are coming up soon, which I, of course, am a fan of two teams that will not be represented in the pennant races, but they could either or play spoiler. One, of course, who I'm representing tonight, the Detroit Tigers, and we were going to want to talk about the Chicago Cubs as well. Francisco is a Brewers fan, so he is one that is... Definitely going to be represented in this pennant race, and I'm sure cer- I'm certain that you're excited for the staff to come back and who you have right now as far as rotation and batting wise, and hopefully you'll be challenging to win that NL Central division. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you. Uh, uh, well, we can start talking real quick if you want sure. about the Tigers and then okay. Cubs, and then jump into the Brewers and the rest of the Central. Uh, sure. Looking at the Tigers' season so far. Um, just if you're looking at it as you know progression wise and growth in the rookies and all that it's been a really good season for them uh you got your manager who's uh, although you know all the astro stuff aside he is probably one of a maybe the top the top five manager in mlb and the tigers have a really good manager they have some really exciting young talent and then miguel cabrera is trying to make history uh, which is always incredible to see 
um, especially someone like him who's been doing it for so long. We saw Joey Votto get his 2000th hit yes. uh, just yesterday or the day before and just seeing what he can do, uh, take that next step forward. Yes, certainly. It's been exciting this Tigers season. Uh, A.J. Hinch has been quite a quite an add to this um, to, to this staff as Francisco is not, not with us here for a moment, but um, don't worry, he'll be back with us here in just a second. He's here we go. Okay, you can hear us now. So going back to what I was going to say here, A.J. Hinch has definitely helped this team quite a bit there. Of course, we have the Astros stuff that's going on, but really, so far, A.J. Hinch has, has been a catalyst to this to this Tiger squad. And, of course, the rotation has pitched very well. Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning, of course, supposed to pitch tomorrow on Thursday. Um, and, of course, they've hit a slump in the past week or so and part of it is because of Cabrera of the of course the the lead up to Cabrera perhaps hitting his 500th home run at some point throughout the rest of the season it's been a week and a half now we've been hoping that Cabrera is hitting his 500th but it seems like just about every hitter that gets to this spot goes on a slump before finally hitting that 500 homer so believe me before the end of the season he will hit number 500 but that's kind of led to a tiger slump but so far if you were going to ask me that we are going to only be, I believe, eight games under 500 by at the time we were recording the show, I'd have said, you know what, I will take that and run because this team has been definitely through the downswing the past few years, and just to finally see us in a spot where perhaps we could have bought a piece even at the trade deadline. Now, of course, we were looking at perhaps standing pattern, maybe selling scope, but thankfully I'm glad we did not sell Jonathan's scope. The price would have had to have been pretty high, especially since Alavila had sold the quite a few pieces of the team the past few seasons. But I will say that uh, the Tigers have impressed me this season, and I'm hoping that next year we will take that next step and perhaps even become buyers at the trade deadline. So the Tigers are a good team, but they still have some work to do. Yeah, so you had mentioned Miguel Cabrera and what he's doing and uh, the exciting season that the Tigers are having uh, from a perspective that, yeah, they may be competitive in a year or two. Um, I think uh, at one point I wasn't sure maybe they would be buyers at the trade deadline. turns out uh, they made the better choice, and they, they signed uh, Jonathan Scope to a two-year extension. And I will say this, that Brewers fans have uh, maybe a sour taste in their mouth when it comes to Jonathan Scope, just because we traded for him once, and it didn't really work out a couple years ago, and then there were talks about us trading for him again, and I was thinking, oh no, let's let's not make that mistake again. But he looks like he is playing really well. Good for him to get that two-year extension. And one thing also, Adam. First, as an editor's note, the Tigers are only six games below 500, not eight, but two. Um, Detroit fans are actually quite happy that they got rid of Daniel Norris. And uh, uh, as a oh, brewer, man. I'm not sure if he has really panned out, but Detroit, in my opinion, really did not lose anything by trading Daniel Norris. Yeah, you know what? When that trade went down, I made a video on here on, on the YouTube channel. You can check that out here on the Walk In On Podcast YouTube channel as well as our podcast. You find us anywhere you find your podcast as well as Facebook. Um, just looking at what he did, he wasn't having the greatest season with you guys. But, uh, you know, he was a high prospect, um, especially in the Blue Jays system. I think he was involved in the uh, trade for David Price. So he has mm-hmm. he was involved in a couple high, high, uh, big trades, I guess. 
And, uh, yeah, he hasn't really panned out. Just looking at what he's done with us, he has 11.12 ERA in six games, uh, 5.2 innings. He hasn't really pitched well. I knew, I know he kind of gave up the lead uh, in a couple of games already. Uh, Brewer fans, they kind of uh, – we haven't really – I guess uh, he hasn't really gotten off to a good start with the new team. But, I mean, that happens when you go from the American League to the National League sometimes. That, you know, you you are seeing different hitters, and it's just an adjustment. And uh, I think once it all, you know, once it's all said and done, he'll settle down. And I think he'll pitch well for us down the stretch here. And one thing I'll also, yeah, I'll, one thing I'll add to that is uh, because he's in the National League, Daniel Norris can hit as well. In fact, back in 2015, I was actually at Tigers-Cubs at Wrigley Field when Daniel Norris hit his first home run. That was amazing oh, wow. to see. And in batting practice that day, he actually hit a couple of a couple of balls off the scoreboard in right field at Wrigley. So we knew he had the power to do it, and he hit a home run in the game. So anytime you need a pinch hitter that can also pitch, Daniel Norris could possibly do that job. Yeah, and... Real quick, I mean, I don't want to get off topic here, but on the on the topic of pinch or uh, designated hitter, and now that he's in the National League, uh, Shohei Otani has hit his 40th home run today, and uh, what he is doing in LA is simple. Uh, it's never been seen before. I don't know if he will ever have a season like he's having right now, currently, but Shohei Otani is having one heck of a season as a hitter. And he's having one great season as a pitcher. And as much as Vlad Jr. is doing all he can to get that triple crown and to try to get the MVP in American League, I don't think uh, there's much of a race right now uh, with Shohei playing the way that he is playing. Uh, I don't think he ever wants that designated hitter. And good for him because he is really changing the game. Yes, Shohei is definitely one of a kind, one that we haven't seen in a while. And if it... And I'm sure that White Sox fans are probably not too entirely thrilled about that because had it not been for Shohei Otani, Lance Lynn would have been your starter for the American League in the in the All-Star game. And so, let's not forget about Lance Lynn, too. He has pitched quite a season. But Shohei Otani has just taken the cake. Like you had said, he hit his 40th home run tonight against Detroit, and he's just doing it all. He can he can he can slap the ball to right field for a base hit when he needs to. He can hit the home run. He can pitch. He pitched eight innings tonight. I mean he's he's just got it all right now. And in fact, even the even the sports books he was at minus eleven hundred in FanDuel sportsbook to win the MVP. So that tells me, yeah, unless he gets absolutely destroyed and injured, he is going to win the National League MVP. But speaking of injured. This also goes to a conversation that we were going to have, and we might as well go into it. The National League Cy Young. Yes, we were. a lot of us were thinking that Jacob deGrom may have had that in the bag, but now with his injury the past, in the past few weeks, could this conversation gear towards Corbin Burns winning the National League Cy Young? Um, let's talk about that because I had... Give me one second. Oh, there we go. Sure. Switching cameras because uh, I don't know what's going on with my other camera. Having some technical difficulties here, but moving on. Yeah, so I heard he might be shut down for the season. Is that correct? Yeah, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but at this point he hasn't pitched in over a month. So it's it's very possible. Yeah, and so, yeah, so let's talk about the National League and the Cy Young. So looking at um, – 
at the at the Brewers, they have three candidates actually who can who can really qualify for that Cy Young award. Uh, Corbin Burns probably gets the most headlines as he uh, has been having an incredible season. But mm-hmm. if you look at what uh, Brandon Woodruff has done, and if you look at what Freddie Peralta has done, if you look at the National League pitching uh, ERAs, uh, leaders were top five, top top six, top seven in a lot of the categories throughout the NL in pitching. So uh, there's a lot of lot of uh, there's a good chance that they could do it. But I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uncertain certainties too because. There are some players who are pitching really well and thinking of the Phillies. I don't know why my mind is blinking right now, but uh, their their pitcher um, is... Aaron uh, Nola, I'm thinking. Say that one more time. Aaron Nola? Yes, Aaron Nola is pitching really well, as well as a couple others. And uh, But you know what? The Brewers have a really good shot at getting that. And heading maybe, I guess, a month or two ago, I would have said it was going to be Burns or... Um, Jacob DeGrom, but now that he possibly is shut down for the season, uh, there's a good chance that Burns can win it. I'm looking up right here uh, the pitching uh, ERA leaders here, but my computer is kind of going wonky on me right now. Um, Oh, there it is. Oh, you know why? It's because I clicked on Daniel Norris, and as bad as he is pitching, he is also good at messing up my computer for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's just been Uh, that type of year for Daniel Norris, even in Detroit and in Milwaukee, unfortunately. Yeah, but here we go. So looking at at uh, at some of the uh, National League pitching leaders, uh, in wins above replacement, Wheeler is number one. Wheeler is... Wheeler, yes. Did we lose him there for a minute, or? So we were talking about Zach Wheeler. Yes, yeah, that's Wheeler. Not, that's who. That's who I'm talking about here. And then uh, wins. I don't. I don't really count wins as a huge stat anymore, just because, uh, you know, just how how the league is shifting and how yes. we kind of take it. Because if you look at, I think the league leader in wins. I want to say uh, Brent Suter from Milwaukee. Yep, he has 12 wins, and uh, he hasn't pitched too well, all too well this season, and he's a reliever, so he's kind of uh, picking up a couple of these bogus wins, if you may, uh, with 12 of them. So not, I'm not really looking at wins as a, as a big staff, but if you look at the win-loss percentage, uh, what, how does this team perform when one of these pitchers are pitching? And Bueller for the Dodgers is having an incredible year, He's up there in the in the running for Cy Young, Cy Young as well. Uh, but Peralta, number five in win loss percentage, and then uh, somehow uh, Brent Suter snuck in there too. I don't I don't know why, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you look at uh, walks, Burns is number one hits per nine. Woodruff gives up the fewest hits. So yeah, there's a really good shot um, in strikeouts. The Brewers are all over the strikeout board with Burns number one, Woodruff number seven, uh, and then of course. Um, uh, Wheeler is in there as well, so I think if Wheeler doesn't win it, and there's a good shot because again he pitches in Philadelphia, and we pitch, yep. and these guys pitch in Milwaukee, and there may be that bias of the East Coast bias that, as much as we like to uh, talk about and we kind of get annoyed about it sometimes, it's it is a thing, and yes, um, you that could be the, the deciding factor, and and somebody like Wheeler. Or even Walker Bueller getting getting that that Cy Young award over somebody like Burns, Woodruff, or even Peralta. But I will say today, Peralta did get 
uh, taken out of the game with an injury, so that's something that needs to be monitored. I don't know what it is, but it looks like he got hurt somehow when he was hitting, which is just another argument for the DH in both leagues. Yeah, and that's the thing is you have the East Coast bias, which roughly half or even more than half of the teams that are in the major in the major leagues play on the East on the Eastern t- Eastern time zone. Of course, the Detroit Tigers being one of them, but we don't have any Cy Young candidates, unfortunately. We are far from that. But um, right now, I would say Corbin Burns is who I would go with as your Cy Young winner, and, and it relieves me because maybe I'm just a cynic, but I was one of probably the few people that was just getting sick and tired of hearing about Jacob deGrom on the national media Every single time he goes out, it's like, all right, we get it. He's a good pitcher, but can he can he last down the stretch? Can he do it in September? That was that was what I was thinking about, and unfortunately, we won't see that chance because he's injured. But yeah. at this point, I think you know now he can't win it because well, he didn't even make it to September. So I say, give me the Cy Young to Corbin Burns, uh, Zach Wheeler. I didn't even have Zach Wheeler in the in the conversation but obviously he was like right outside on the outside of the bubble looking in but yeah. i i say right Walter now corbin Mueller burns another, another yes candidate. um so yeah i mean one of those three i think is going to be they'll all get first place votes and the mm-hmm. thing about the brewers they're they have three really good pitchers they might all get first place votes and kind of cancel each other out um however that that all works out but right we'll see how we'll see how it goes Certainly. So, yeah, like, like I had said, I, I, w- I was just tired of hearing about DeGrom all the time in the national media. It's like this will be a little bit of a relief that Corbin Burns, at least in my opinion, is going to get the NL Cy Young. AL Cy Young, are we really going to go with Owatani or are we going to go with Lance No, Lynn? no, I don't think Owatani has it. I mean, I think uh, a couple different um, people who could have, uh, Chris Bassett was pitching really well yes. um, for the Oakland A's. He got hit again uh, today um, by a comebacker um, yep. off his head. So it might have been last night, actually. Yeah, last um, night. So, so yeah. So he is. Uh, I mean, he's le- leading the league in wins. Uh, he's up there in um, a bunch of different categories: strikeouts. Garrett Cole is an option. Um, Sean Man- Manaya in Oakland as well. Mm-hmm. He's having a really good season. Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to be Otani. Um, I think he'll get the MVP. But um, yeah, it's. I think in the in the AL, it's a little bit more. Um, I think it's probably going to be one of the White Sox pitchers, either Lance Lynn or Carlos Rodon. Rodon. Yeah, thankfully this isn't too much of a popularity contest because if if, yeah. if it were a popularity contest like the drum major uh, contest was when I was in high school, let's let's be honest <laughs> here. Um, we would probably give it to Owatani, but I would argue for Lance Lynn. Uh, another one, like you had said, was Chris Bassett, uh, Garrett Cole. He ended up getting COVID, but he is going to be back, and he is going to be doing just fine. So there's another one. So you do have a three- or four-horse race in there. Carlos Rodon's another good one. But right now, I would say I would probably give my first-place vote to Lance Lynn if I, if, yeah. if I had a Baseball Writers Association of America first-place vote. Yeah, he's pitching really well. Uh, 2.26 ERA. Um, he started 21 games. He um, pitched 119 innings, so he's going to get a ton of the innings pitched, a ton of games started. He's going to have. He has 10 wins, only three losses on the season, and he's playing for a team that's 
playing really, really well. Uh, they're in first place by a ton in their division. They're going to mm-hmm. be in the AL uh, pennant race for sure. There's a good chance they'll be in the World Series, and that's all going to add to his uh, his argument. Although it is a regular season award, that does kind of help sway the minds of those who vote. Uh, so there's a good chance it's going to be Carlos Rodon. It could be Lance Lynn, Chris Bassett. I think those are the three, Garrett Cole, maybe four, who are who are really leading the race. I guess it kind of all depends on how uh, Bassett's injury goes. If he's out missing significant time, mm-hmm. then he's probably out of the out of the race there, and it's probably going to be Rodon or uh, or Lance Lynn, uh, with Sean Manaya also being maybe like a dark horse candidate. I guess if you want to call him that. Sure, we definitely have two solid uh, Cy Young races that at one time were far and away one candidate. Now we have three candidates each on both sides for sure. So, um, we, so of course, we talked about both Cy Young Award winners. Um, you wanted to talk about your Brewers for a little while. Entertain me. Yeah, so the Brewers are playing really well this season. Uh, just looking at the division right now, they have a nine-game lead. I guess that's kind of pending on this game. I think they're currently losing 2-3 to three, uh, in a game that Freddy Peralta started. But, again, he did get injured, uh, and it looked like the second inning was some sort of – I think it was related to when he was swinging the bat. I don't know what it is. Uh, I haven't really um, seen any updates yet. So that's kind of uh, – that's going to be a big blow to this team if they don't have him heading down the stretch although they have opportunity with that nine-game lead to kind of uh, weather the storm as long as he is ready for the playoffs. I think they're in a really good position uh, come playoff time. They are uh, currently going to be, I believe, they're the third seed. So if they do win their division, they'll play somebody in the NL East. And we can talk about that if you like with Philadelphia making a push to uh, the mess of kind of falling apart now. And Atlanta has a a two-and-a-half game lead on that division, so these two division leaders will play each other, and then they don't have to see the Giants or the Dodgers or the Padres until maybe the the second round of the playoffs, uh, not including the wild-card game. So the Brewers are in a really good shot. Uh, they have a really good rotation. Like I just rattled off, rattled off the stats that the uh, mm-hmm. the Brewers uh, NL uh, pitching staff has, and they have a really good one, two, three. I would argue they have one of the best starting one, two, three in all of baseball and in the playoffs. You really need three really good pitchers because uh, you're you, they'll go again uh, in a five or seven game series. So the the only off uh, issue right now is their offense that at times has really just struggled and been kind of flat that sometimes they get home run dependent uh they they can't they can't hit with runners in scoring position that's kind of been their their issue uh all season yet they are 73 and 47 uh seven and three in their last 10 uh three game win streak probably gonna end that today but uh, they're playing really well and i don't think that division's gonna be uh anyone else's but the brewers so like I said, they're in a really good position. Uh, really, just kind of keying in on uh, what's going to happen with Freddie Peralta if he's uh, going to miss some significant time. They have the depth to kind of uh, kind of carry on. Brett Anderson has been having a really good season. Eric Lauer has been pitching well for them. He was kind of a fringe starter. He's been picking up a lot of innings and starts coming uh, into this, uh, or I guess the last couple 
couple of months here. And uh, Hauser has uh, also been pitching well. So they have the staff to really kind of keep going. And uh, But if they want to make any noise in the playoffs, they got to have Freddie Peralta back because what he has done, like he – I said this so many times. I think of yeah. all three of our top starters, he has the best stuff. And the beginning of the season, we weren't even sure if he was going to be a reliever or if he was going to be uh, in AAA or what was going to happen with him. And he has just completely reinvented himself. He's added a slider. And uh, no more is he fastball Freddy. He's fastball Freddy, slider Freddy. He's everything Freddy. And he has been pitching really, really well. And one of the key reasons why this team has been or is in the position that they are in right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really good time to be a Brewers fan. I, uh, I think having the Bucks just win a championship – and that was, seeing that the love huge, that yes. they got from this city, I feel like there's a, a, a feel an atmosphere in in here in Milwaukee and in the greater Wisconsin area that this may be a magical time for the city of Milwaukee, and that it could be the Brewers' turn. That's very possible. And you had said going back to the NL East, uh, just think if you were a Braves fan in April when you were at least ten games under five hundred. Did you really yeah. think that this team was gonna get back to eight games above five hundred and two and a half games up in the division? You certainly were not thinking that. But here we are. The schedule is quite favorable for Atlanta as well as Cincinnati. Now I don't necessarily think Cincinnati's gonna catch the Brewers for the division, but they are one a game and a half back in the wild card race. So you could end up seeing Cincinnati in the first round of the postseason. And if the bats are hot in Cincinnati and they can beat Corbin Burns and or Freddie Peralta, you never know. The Cincinnati could yeah, it's so possible. Actually, so the, 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 the Reds have the easiest schedule remaining and the Padres have the hardest schedule. Um, so there's a really good chance the Padres, with all their hype of this past offseason, could miss the playoffs completely. Um, and if the Reds still, uh, if they somehow manage to get in, then they would they would be a wild card team, and they would play the Dodgers, um, and then the winner of that team would play San Francisco. So, um, okay, that's how gotcha. that would work out. Kind of how it is standing now. Yep, I don't yep, think yep. that's going to change. Just the way that the Giants are playing, they're having a crazy season, and especially after having two or three seasons of just really um, subpar baseball, and now their stars are really coming to life. You know, we got Buster Posey having a career a career year Brandon Crawford uh, Brandon Bell uh, Evan Longoria having these crazy years and it's like 2012 all over again and uh, so yeah so I think uh, the Phillies uh, they may try to sneak in um, but right now the way things are looking it would be Atlanta versus uh, the Brewers and I really like that matchup for the Brewers uh, just based on our pitching Um, and then it would be either the Dodgers versus either the Padres or or the uh, the Reds, and the Reds have an offense. They have a couple of amazing uh, hitters. They have uh, Jesse Winker, uh, Castellanos is having a crazy year. Joey Votto, he's having an amazing season. Just hit his two thousandth uh, hit, and uh, he's really uh, doing that. And then they have a couple of really good rookies. Um, uh, Tyler Stevenson, uh, I think he had three or four straight games with a home run a couple of days ago. And then if you could think of Jonathan India, who may be the shooting oh, yes. for Rookie of the Year in the National League, uh, it kind of depends on the Marlins. They have a starting pitcher uh, who's pitching really well, but he has missed a couple of different games here and there with, um, I think, some family. Uh, he's like on family leave or something of that gotcha. nature, bereavement or something. 
Um, his name is really just slipping me right now, but there's a good shot, a uh, good shot that uh, Jonathan India can kind of slide in there for that rookie of the year. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Reds are a team that I don't want to see in the playoffs. I think their only issue is their bullpen. Uh, it really, it really has struggled. Yeah, when you're pitching in Cincinnati, it's the Great American Small Park, not the Great American <laughs> Ballpark. Exactly. So with that all in in store, um, oh, we've gone about a half hour here. So um, is there anything else you have to add to this wonderful uh, Tom Green podcast? Well, hey, uh, Tom, I really sure. appreciate you having me on your podcast. I love oh, talking sure. baseball. I can talk baseball forever. Um, but no, I mean, that's, sure. uh, that wraps it up. I'm going to have to have you on my podcast, The Walking oh, Up Podcast. Sure. Uh, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast. You can find us on YouTube. You have a YouTube channel with a ton of great content. We are a uh, baseball podcast that covers all teams, but we kind of have an emphasis on the Brewers. But again, we do talk about all teams. I had a Reds guy on yesterday. I'll have another Reds uh, a reporter on uh, a couple days from now. I'll be talking Blue Jays on Friday. A lot of uh, a lot of I have a, a minor leaguer who uh, a career minor leaguer coming on uh, tomorrow or yeah, that episode will be out on Friday. So a lot of a lot of cool content, uh, baseball content. So no matter what team you cheer for, uh, definitely come check us out. We have a, a ton of great things out there for you. Um, and yeah, I think this playoff race uh, in the NL uh, and, and in the AL is going to be really really exciting heading down the. Oh, street. for sure. American League wild card that looks completely uh, like it's just it's completely changed now. It looks like New York and uh, Oakland might be the two teams there, or Oakland if they lose today, they may be out. And it may be uh, Boston and New York, and the Blue Jays are just a couple games behind, really trying to make that push. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Jose Brios in the trade deadline to really the shore points, up their yeah. pitching staff because that's kind of been their issue. Uh, but what they have a ton of talent, Vlad, uh, Vladdy Jr. Uh, Boba Shed, uh, all these different players. Marcus Simeon is having an amazing season. He might be the best free agent signing in all of baseball uh, coming from Oakland, who for some reason just did their Oakland thing and refused to pay him. And he's having a great season, uh, switch positions. But uh, And then they got George Springer in uh, roaming around the outfield. So a lot, a lot of cool things happening in baseball. For sure. uh, I'm always happy to talk about it. For sure, and of course, because your podcast is the Walk It Off podcast, I got to play this audio clip from back in 2014. Driven in the air toward left field. That ball is deep. That ball is way back. And it's a game winner. He walked him off. Grand slam home run. You may not have heard it, but that was Rajay Davis's walk off grand slam on June 30th of 2014. A.K.A. Rod Allen saying he walked it off. Yeah, no, I heard Rajay Davis is uh, he was a really good player uh, for Oakland, uh, the Indians, a couple different teams. He kind of I think about his home run that he hit in the World Series that could have been the uh, the game winner, but uh, that that wasn't meant to be. It only tied the game, and unfortunately for Indians fans, it did not win the game. So right, right, sorry, game game tying. Um, but uh, it was a remarkable, and then the whole rain delay, or yeah, it was a rain delay? Yep, rain delay, 17-minute rain delay. Uh, no electricity, but that was a Super Bowl. Um, yep, like, but, in 2013 at the Superdome, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, kind of, uh, kind of uh, what ask you, do you have a favorite walk-off moment? Because I 
think my favorite walk-off, because I, I grew up in Oakland, so I was a big A's fan growing up. So my walk-off, like, favorite walk-off, it was in 2012 against your Tigers uh, in the playoffs. Um, game four, um, uh, Coco Crisp hit a single up to uh, the right fielder and off of your closer at the time, um, who I guess... I think in those those days when the when the uh, the Tigers were making World Series pushes and appearances, they always had an issue with their bullpen. I feel like that was kind of their bugaboo. Uh, oh yes. So we were able to get to them, and uh, we were able to go to Game Five. I was there in person with my family. Of course, Justin Verlander did Justin Verlander things and just completely dominated the A's. Like he always did for like two or three straight years. But uh, that walk off hit that Coco Chris hit against. Uh, Valverde was that the closer at that time? Yes. That, yeah. So uh, that was kind of it's always been my uh, my favorite walk up uh, in the playoffs as a as a fan. But uh, yeah, um, anytime you want to have me back on your podcast, just send me a message. I'm always happy to talk ball. Oh, for sure. And uh, if my if my audio here can load, I'll get you. Uh... I'll, I'll I'll let you hear the audio of my favorite walk off home run. It's it's All right. it's one that. Um, I think it's is near and dear to Detroit Tigers fans' hearts, but you'll hear it here in just a couple of seconds. Sure. Here we go. That was 2006. 2006. Okay. When they, when Maglio hit the walk-off grand slam to beat your A's. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the Tigers and the A's, they really, they've met I think three or four times in the last like 15 years. We haven't mm-hmm. been able to get past the Tigers at all, which has kind of been a uh, frustrating. I know. I think 2013 again, they faced the Tigers, and again Justin Verlander. I think he uh, game, game five again, and he shut yep. down Sonny Gray and and Oakland. That was Sonny Gray's coming out party, but now he um, is on the Reds and uh, mm-hmm. has been pitching too well this season. But he is he is a really good pitcher when he's on his game. Certainly. So, a couple of great walk off moments there. He is Francisco Castro from the Walk It Off podcast, and this has been another great edition of the Tom Green podcast. <laughs>